Hey everybody now, welcome to a special edition of Live on Four Legs. Today, we're opening up the vault. Yes, that's right. We are going through our Patreon exclusive episodes that we give for all the patrons out there who we absolutely love. And we are giving you an exclusive episode from the Evolution series. And what the Evolution series is, is we take a song and we kind of break down the little elements of it that make it so good live. From versions that have stood the test of time, from how the crowd has responded to it, how the band has responded to it, and even little changes and quirks within songs that we'll end up talking about in a lot of episodes. Today, we decided to release the Rearview Mirror version of the Evolution series, which is obviously, you hear John and I talk about it all the time, Rearview Mirror is one of Pearl Jam's best songs, one of our favorite songs, and we had a lot of fun doing this because there was a lot to break down from getting into versions like the SNL 94 and getting into some of the bridges that were really interesting and just other versions all around their history. It's been a song that has been played since 1993, so there was a lot of years to go through. Now, this was recorded back in 2020, so there might be dated references. I don't know what they are, but if they're there, just go with it. I just want to tell you guys right before we get into the episode that we are releasing it because we're releasing a brand new Evolution episode very soon. And that episode is going to come out next week on Nothing Man. Of course, all Evolution episodes start through Patreon. So if you like what you hear in this episode and you are interested in listening to more... It's over on Patreon. We've done tons of fan favorite songs, tons of songs that we absolutely love, from present tense to hard to imagine to release to footsteps to immortality in my tree, on and on and on. These are classic Pearl Jam songs. If you want to get the history of how and the why they played it live, then head on over and listen to those. And also our brand new one on Nothing Man coming up next week. So if you want to join, that's patreon.com slash live on four legs or download the Patreon app and search for Live on Four Legs, or you can go to liveonfourlegs.com and click the orange Become a Patron button. So here's River Mirror. Enjoy. It's evolution, baby. You're listening to Live on Four Legs Evolution Series. In each episode, we'll look at the timeline of live performances to see how they've grown and changed throughout the years. It's evolution, baby. episode, we'll be talking about Rearview Mirror, a constant set and staple that always brings in a rush of adrenaline to close out a set, and there's hardly ever a bad version of it. So strap in and get ready to take a dive through history, because it's not just songs, it's evolution, baby. Hey everybody now, welcome to another edition of the Evolution Series. It's Evolution, baby, where we go through a whole entire song's lineage of their performances and we break them down to where it all began and how we know the song and love hearing the song to this day. So uh, the last couple times that we've done this, we've put it to a vote and we let you you guys decide which songs. I think the last time was Immortality. And this time you guys voted for one of the band's best, Rearview Mirror. 
And uh, boy, did you give us a challenge for this one. <laughs> uh, this is our 10th episode of this. And uh, for those of you, uh, welcome back. If you have listened to all of the Evolution episodes, obviously you're all patrons. Uh, if you are new to the Evolution episode, welcome. Uh, John? Hello? Anything, uh, anything you would like to start with? This is obviously a very important song to do and uh, there are too many versions we we would be lying to you if we said we went through a quarter of them so don't you know don't get upset if if we don't talk about all 468 versions i mean yeah would we say there's there's 500 versions and not a bad one in the punch right yeah this i mean someday i mean if you guys want we can do like a like a patreon extra bonus we can go for like 10 hours and break down every single version didn't didn't we say we should do a telethon at one point at i can't remember point. yeah this could be yeah, it I, we could do this like i could filibuster for for a few hours just talking going through the different versions of review mirror but yeah this is this is not going to be that we're just we're just going to try to to hit a couple of things and uh and maybe you know discuss some things that uh we don't normally talk about because we you know we always just gush about the song when it when it's on an episode we we never really get to talk about its evolution because it's always so good so yeah that this this should be fun yeah i i agree and yeah you guys did give us a challenge give us something a little bit easier next time like hard to imagine or something like that like something that doesn't have hitchhiker 400 version yeah hitchhiker would be great you guys fatal strangest tribe any of those um but uh let's get to some of the stats and the stats are always brought to you by livefootsteps.org obviously one of our contributors dave jantash does a great job over there and if you haven't checked out the live on four legs uh live footsteps page head on over to his website you can look at all the shows that we've done you know if you're newer to the show and you didn't hear some of the stuff that we did in the earlier hours everything is there and they're link to everything there so uh quick pub for and shout out for him so uh rear view mirror has been played i mentioned 468 times it has been opened with 13 times i don't believe it's been used as an opener since 2005 yeah, that sounds it's, right it's been right? a while yeah yeah, so you know, this is not a regular occasion, and uh, it, it was mostly used as an opener back in 93, which we'll get to a little bit. Uh, it's been used as a cl- closer twice, but I, I think that's kind of, um, it's a little deceptive because I'm not sure if those numbers include the SNL performance or what you know what else it includes. So to close a full show maybe maybe it's once or twice it, it could be either of those it, all you need to know is that it's a small number uh but however these are the g- good numbers here 165 times it was a main set ender 83 times it was an encore one ender it ranks 11th all time uh behind given a fly which i i probably wouldn't have guessed that given a fly was 10 i would have probably said that this was before it but uh yeah it barely gets sidelined and, and with good reason right oh absolutely and yeah that's interesting almost exactly half of the times it's been played it's ended a set whether i mean yeah. encore. that's that's intense but yeah that is a little surprising considering you know this one had a had a five-year advantage before we get into some of the performances, let's kind of talk about the origins of the song. Uh, it obviously goes back to 93, and uh, it's an impo- it's important because within the band's lineage, you know, they're writing their second album, they're writing verses, and it's a completely different atmosphere than 
the studio that they were recording for 10. You know, although Brendan O'Brien is thrown in the mix and they're really excited to work with him, there are some things that Brendan does that makes Ed a little bit uncomfortable. I think he just he just wanted something authentic, like something real. Just like right. let, let us just do it the way we do it, you know. Just let us do it our way, and not be forced into into a place where they didn't feel comfortable. I, that's what's all about is just feeling comfortable. This is a song that was kind of just like a bullshit kind of thing that he used to do. He kind of formed it into a song, and really, it's it's to to me. Even though he wrote "Porch," this is really to me his first. Uh, contribution musically as a member of Pearl Jam. Yeah, for the first time on, on a Pearl Jam recording, he actually uh, straps on the guitar and, and plays the uh, plays a little riff there. Another big point of discussion in the recording sessions is uh, just Brendan O'Brien not liking what Dave was doing, and, and he kept wanting Dave to, to do more takes, do more takes, keep, keep doing takes, and Dave was really frustrated at this, and obviously his frustration made the record because the take that he wanted, boom, the sticks get thrown against the wall. I have a feeling like he was probably speeding up or, you know, doing something that just kept going. It, it's tough. Like Dave is a great technical drummer. Like I, it, this is this is a challenging song. I mean, I I know it, it wasn't easy. I can imagine you know put yourself in that spot in the studio where. Yeah, after however many takes, they finally nail it, and just the the release and the catharsis, just like ah, oh, we fucking like, yeah, it it had to have been especially that such ending, a, such a cool moment. Absolutely, yeah, like, yeah, it's it became like one of those like iconic little studio moments. Yeah, on one of those early records, it's it's so cool that they left it in as like a little taste of of what it was like in the studio. As we're about to find out live, this is a completely whole new identity for the song, and it becomes a song that's just a complete adrenaline rush, and uh, it is, you know, a top 10 song live. Joke or not, you know, there is no bad live version of Rearview Mirror, you know, we, we are out to prove that right now, so... The way it all begins, you know, they do this uh, this little Slim's Cafe show. Everything was debuted on this night, including Better Man and uh, and Whipping as well. So you, you listen to this, and for the most part, it's in the beginning. It, it feels pretty flushed out. It feels like they have a good grasp of it. But you get the sense that at the end, Dave doesn't have the grasp of, of the finishing of the song yet. And, and that's probably where his struggles lie when he was recording this, I would think. to stop and go and obviously for this song this is a complete you know this is balls to the wall until the end and that's 
the identity and that's the adrenaline rush you get out of it and that's why it's so good in that uh closing set spot is that it it, it just makes you want more it, it's kind of addictive um but yeah it, it's you know first couple performances it's not there they they begin to flesh it out um you know there's versions in oslo there's versions in uh brixton that they start and you get to see that they're starting to slowly figure out where this song is and where it should be live. Uh, how do you think Ed did early on in, you know, at least the 93 versions of this where he really wasn't playing anything else live? I think he, he did fine. Like, it's a it's a good example of his kind of, like, rudimentary, which I always say is not an insult, but his kind of percussive like strumming that he does his, his guitar playing is is very unique it's very different from what mike and stone do they're way more fluid way more you know finesse players where ed is more just like hey i'm gonna beat on this thing until i get the noise i want you know it sounds really good together it's a very you know it's a very stark contrast to what they do and i think it added a lot to the to fleshing out the song you know the way the song sounds is definitely part of it yeah yeah, that's for sure. And, and we talked about Brixton Night 2 and Night 1. If we can play something from Night 1, there's a really cool bite on that. And uh, Ed says, and this is the sixth time that they had ever performed it, Ed is kind of giving you a glimpse into what the song is. And he says, Once the record comes out, I want you to listen to the song in the car really fast, driving away from someone you hate. It's just, again, giving you a little bit of glimpse into why he's writing specific songs. Um, so to kind of explain that and, and really kickstart the driving song era of Ed is, is, is pretty important. And um, you'd get this as an opener a lot in, you know, right before, right, you know, right after the album comes out. The album came out late, uh, late October, early October, somewhere around October then. 26th, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I was going to say the 27th uh, because that's sitting right here in front of me. The 27th is the Santa Cruz show uh, where they opened with it. Um, what about this one really stuck out to you? Just like the, it's the first song played after the record comes out, right? This is this is the one. This is the record release show, right? And so they're going to come out and they're going to play this song where he's up front on the guitar playing the first notes of the song. Like that's I think that's very symbolic. And yeah, he they just fucking tear through it.
really you know in the in the five and a half months since they debuted it you can tell that it they had been playing it a lot in rehearsals playing it a lot in practice really tried to tighten it up and it sounds sounds great I mean the recording is not perfect but you can tell it's a it's a great version of the song this this is one where you know while other songs Jeff is kind of in the background and he's kind of blending in this is one where Jeff really gets a forefront spot in this and that build up into you know that that final that final chorus there that's really Jeff's moment to shine I would think like that Wygo and and Jeremy are his three big moments at any show and that's really to me like a huge part of of the experience of seeing them is just getting from that bridge into that transition where he can you know uh he can scream rearview mirror at the end of that like that's like that that's where the song really changes and really kicks in to me yeah the song it you know it's it's had a lot of like moments through the years like there's a lot of you know there's so many jumping off points in the song for them to play off of each other or you know to go different places with it and we'll talk about that but yeah with that's that's on jeff you know when he comes in with that bass like that's on him to to feel when that's going to happen and to know to get everybody on board and yeah it's it's one of those things where you're like oh shit like this this here comes something cool like and yeah when it's such a cool build-up to the to the just the tearing loose at the end of the song like yeah it's it's near perfection and you know they get more comfortable with it as as time goes along but the rest of the 93 uh i you know i i specifically want to mention the aladdin theater version where uh he he does and he'll do this time and time again uh at shows nowadays but this might be the first time he did it Those are cool little things that he threw in then whenever he was feeling like that, just that angst and that extra amount of energy, just the added intensity into that just made performances of this sound so much, so much better. Oh, yeah. And it and that became that became canon. Uh, and something we're going to talk about in just a minute. So spring of 94 comes around and this is really this is a changing of the guard. The verses songs are not being replaced per se by the Vitalogy songs, but the Vitalogy songs are starting to get a lot more momentum. Last Exit and uh, Corduroy, Spin the Black Circle, not all of those you, are yeah. not for you, Whipping. They're all getting uh, kind of dispersed in, into the set list one way or another at the shows. And uh, Rearview Mirror never leaves, but it also kind of jumps around the set a little bit. And um, one of the interesting things, you know, I probably one of their most important shows they ever played atlanta 94 this is song number two after release and this is really what drives the whole beginning of that fantastic set oh yeah and you know you guys knew we weren't going to get through this without talking about atlanta 94 no and that's why i bring it up and just tee you up for just go ahead i won't even i won't even uh, respond for them to come out and do release into rearview mirror just the precision that they play it with it's it's so fast like it's the tempo's obviously been been ramped up in the in the you know eight months that they've been playing it almost a year but my god like just that that's what stuck out to me too when we we did that episode we talked about how you know a lot of people this was our first you know exposure to live pearl jam and what they could do with their songs live and to get this one this early on you're like 
like whoa that is that is a step up from that album version like this is going to mm-hmm. be something like this band has got something with this song and like yeah the all throughout 94 like you just talk about like the the thing that kept coming up for me is just precision like they were absolutely on fire with it nearly every night and and they they chose this version as the as the b-side to the to the record of dissident the the seven inch single out of all the tracks that that were on the cd like this is the one that they picked as as the b-side of the vinyl so yeah it's it's just it's just epic like it, it can't be understated how much of an influence this was at least on me as far as wanting to get more wanting to get more live shows wanting to get more bootlegs wanting to go see them like this was kind of the beginning of all that. It's such, and and he can't do it as well nowadays. And you wait for it, you wait for it, you wait for the growl, you wait for the scream, the uh, saw things, saw things. And when he gets up to that growl, is he going to hit that? Like, is he going to hit that? How high is he going to get for that? And when he does, and you get that elation, and, and, you know, Mike's solo soars right during that, and it can go right through the roof and kind of blow your head off a little bit. You're, I mean, you're just on cloud nine after that. Like, that's that's exactly what you want. Um, and from a 1994 perspective, like, this Atlanta show and SNL, which we're about to talk about, like, I don't know if they're are any better roars than those two versions that those are the best ones to me. Oh yeah. I, I totally agree. And just the, the intensity behind his voice. Like sometimes he gets that look in his eye. Like, you know, there's stuff going on in there that is dark and he, he can, he can channel that through the microphone. And, and yeah, the, these two, like that, that scream you just talked about is, is a perfect example of that. And the, the Saturday night live performance, just, a, you know, 10 days or so later, yeah, like this oh. is this is I mean it's arguably one of their best live you know live TV performances. I think this and Animal for me, Animal at the VMAs are my two favorites. Uh, that's including all the Letterman stuff and and you know everything they've done after. Uh, but this is just like it kicks into gear, and you can tell in the bridge like there's some parts in the song where you look at Ed's face and he's still like this shy, a little bit uncomfortable guy. He's playing, you know, he's playing guitar in front of people, uh, you know, on Saturday night live, like they, they've done it before, but this is, this is different. Their, their spotlight is much different than the one they're in now, especially days after Kurt Cobain had passed away. This is like, they are in the biggest spotlight of their careers. Yeah. I would think. He's he's got the guitar on, and that that became the iconic thing. Like everything from Saturday Night Live performances just becomes iconic. You talk about that those daughter the tags, K. like those are the daughter tags that everyone yeah. sings now because that's what they saw on Saturday Night Live. Right. And for Rearview Mirror, just the look of him when when they cut to him and he's holding the guitar, like that became the iconic like Ed guitar moment. And then mm-hmm. when he starts singing, he does the he does you know he kind of turns his head away from the microphone and does the fuck off like that was such a cool thing. Like then everybody was doing that and just the intensity that he's playing with the whole band is just, you can tell they're got their heads down. They're just going for it. And he, they, they get to the, the bridge part, the jam part. And, you know, Ed like looks back to Dave A to kind of like check on him to be like, okay, here we go.
moments that like yeah you watch it over and over again and it just becomes like ingrained in your in your memory like these little moments and it yeah it becomes becomes part of their history Ed's face when he looks back it's like it's so determined like it's almost like he looks at Dave and like he's disgusted by something and it's almost like and, a look like we're, we're going like don't fuck this up like right yeah you go, exactly you go back to is there some trust the issue recording. like yeah like here we go you, you're, you're with us right Oh, yeah, and yeah. and it just it kicks into a completely different gear. And while you know during the verses he might have come off as being like just a little bit timid, a little bit shy. This is his full being is out there in front for you to witness in all of its glory and all of his passion is just uh, it's just incredible. He screams to the absolute root of his being the, the you know as loud as he can get it and like that face that that you know you said it like that's the face yeah. that's the one you think about when it's you know middle middle of 90 uh you know middle of the 90s ed version of him playing guitar that's the one you see the eyes and you kind of you, you recognize like the scowl on his face and and uh, you know like it doesn't get better. This is, this is the one you guys, this is the version that brings us all together. That is the most important, uh, that they've ever done out of the 468 of them. There's no, there's almost no questioning it nowadays. So, all right, we're in 95 and, uh, Dave out Jack in, and we don't have to really go into Dave being out, you know, we all know what happened. Uh, you know, Jack Jack's in now, so he has to kind of he has to take in all of the songs from verses, all the songs from ten, and and some kind of get left in the dust a little bit. Rearview Mirror is obviously not going to be one of them, but um, one of the first performances with Jack is at the Moore Theater uh, when they're playing as the Piss Bottle Men in February of, of uh, February fifth, nineteen ninety five, and it gets off to an incredibly fast start. the wheels are off the bearings here you know oh, yeah. like they can't they can't catch up to themselves and it's somebody it might it might be ed it might be stone but somebody says whoa, whoa, whoa okay this all needs to stop it, it sounded like mike and it was, was it mike yeah, he came and so like like whoa guys like too fast right i think that, that was probably ed who it, it's on him to to set that tempo at the beginning and yeah oh my god right. they're playing it faster than they've ever played it before yeah and it was it was immediately noticeable too just as far as you know we talked about that that son's version where you hear dave a on that snare just 
hitting it like he's gonna break through it and jack has definitely a different sound on the song like you definitely lose that you know intensity during the during the intro the the beginning verse but yeah i think you know it they were this is where it kind of starts to the song just kind of starts to take on a life of its own and from here on it, it just keeps building and building and finding more of those moments and yeah i mean they do have to restart this version at the more theater but it ends up being really nice like it's kind of a it ends up being a really kind of triumphant bridge part of it 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 sounds really great and and, and you know for whatever you lose from jack at the, at the beginning i think you gain from him at the end yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree with that. I think that 95 in particular, these bridges have that sort of like kind of atmospheric, uh, you know, spacey kind of in a way a little bit of a jammy vibe. And I can go back to Soldier Field and maybe a little bit of influence from uh, Grateful Dead on Soldier Field because they, they followed up the Grateful Dead in that show. Uh, but you know, like most of these versions that I went back to and, and specifically pointed out Phoenix 95, San Diego 95, like those are the ones that really, they, they get you to that build by just kind of taking it in this direction where it is a little bit more pleasant. It, it does, you know, kind of make you think that you're almost out of the song before you get completely back in it. And that's really, that's the birth of the build for it. Yeah, there, there's a version from from Sydney, I think March 11th, 95, where the song actually does end the main set, uh, maybe for the first time, and they do it's they do it's like a nine minute version. They do like a little two minute jam at the end, like after the after the song finishes, like Jack just kind of keeps going and stones yeah. in his thing. Maybe that that was kind of the idea. Like, oh, you know, we we, we we can we can work with this. We can do something with this. There's there's something here. Yeah, I, it's it's funny because I thought this jam was like very. If you were to make an alternate bridge for Spin the Black Circle, this would be it. Huh. You know, like it, I had that sort of thought in mind. Like it had kind of like almost that that spinning wheel like punk vibe almost. Yeah, yeah it's, it definitely so, is. It's a little faster than then the the end of the song they, they sped it up a little bit and maybe maybe we're just trying something yeah and, and you know that something like that did not come come up very often uh when rearview mirror was played afterwards but uh that they they took the song and they were able to do it's not a song that they usually tag stuff on at all almost never and, yeah almost never so you know to to kind of take it into a different stratosphere like that you know that is that is a pretty cool uh way to go about it um still in the jack era 96 and what's interesting about this is this is really the beginning of the teaser era and this is where they kind of start that either the plucky intro the 
kind of a different way of introducing the song. And I think intros like that really lead its way into this being part of the set closer. Yeah, it became it it just became another moment like maybe Ed playing around like, hey, you know, what if we what if we kind of mess around with this intro a little bit and and start it off a little slow, give it a little extra build, you know? It's there's like I said, there's so many little points in the song where you can do stuff like this and it's it's just so cool to see them like trying things and like and you know, it started in that kind of like late September ninety six run where a couple of shows in a row he tried it, then like the next show maybe we'll do, change it up a little bit then but yeah, it it, be, it became such a cool thing like just immediately like people started to realize like oh this is this is review mirror this is this this is gonna build up into something really cool yeah and it's something that you kind of listen for on boots too when you differentiate uh you know songs and and appearances of the song you can kind of go back and be like didn't they kind of tease that at at this show and and the one that uh we kind of highlighted out here is uh augusta maine on the 26th of september um which is a pretty cool show and the only time they ever played maine um yeah, like it's just another way to to skin a cat, I guess, and you know, just kind of bringing in anticipation for a song that really doesn't need any, but you know, still very cool to make the addition. Um, yeah, and it's it's something that they still go back to too. So it's it's not sure. it's not something that they just tried and dropped. It's it's something that just they just kept adding things to the to the repertoire, right? Just keep adding to the arsenal of it. Like, oh, we can do this, and then we can do this, and then we can do right. this, and that's how that's how you get these these moments. What's nice about the song as you go along is that yeah, like that it can be completely different from night in night out, where whether or not they they play it. Um, on back-to-back nights, or they, you know, they space it out and play it once, uh, once per per city if they're doing two nights. Then, I think you can kind of see that in between the nights, they're they're a little bit different. They're playing around either with the bridge, they're doing something with the teaser intro, and we'll even get to things later uh, that get added as well. But as we go down and go through the timeline of this, this obviously gets to the transition of uh, Jack is actually no this version jack is still in the band the one i want to talk about melbourne yeah 98 so jack uh, jack is still here and this is this is like this is one of the best versions outside of snl this is fantastic This is 
one of the probably the early ones that has the swallowed the fucking thing down. And that's another moment. That's another one where you feel it that makes it a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Also, with this that, version, that was a show that was broadcast on the radio too. So a lot of exactly. people, a lot of people heard Triple that J. and were like, oh, "Okay, that that that's mm-hmm. the way I want to hear this now." And you got to listen to Mike solo at the end of this. This is just a fierce, fierce solo. necessarily like think of how triumphant the mic solo is because you're focusing so much on the drums and you're focusing so much on the vocals that like Mike really builds such a nice backing to all of this too like it, it, it can't be understated at all yeah and it, it it's not a, a solo where he really you know it's not a it's not a black or a, or nothing as it seems or a, like a yellow lead better where he can really like go all like an immortality it's more just a it's more in that songs like go and stuff like that where it's very very fast and very very technical but yeah he absolutely just rips it up yeah the and this this melbourne version is a like you said it's a great example of that of him just really focusing on it and and adding something to the song after that uh just a couple of days after that melbourne show uh still on that australian tour they they did a show in sydney and during the bridge, you know, Ed brings it really down.
whole crowd to he says okay we're gonna hold our breath like one two three and he gets the whole crowd to hold their breath right and then he's they're playing they're playing he's holding so it's another moment where the, the song kind of became like he he realized what he could do with that bridge like yeah i can stretch this out a little bit like i can build this into something really really powerful and i think that whole run of of 98 shows where where yeah it was kind of the end of the jack era but they really transferred that into when matt joined the band and was like we really want to turn this into something and i think that was one where he realized like i can i can bring this down really really quiet or i can keep it up and like it's going to be good either way and then like versions i don't know if it was this version or not but like versions where you can get the intense clapping and the and the crowd is really their part they're they're in full force on this where they're part of the song too and they're part of kind of the the music as well and the band kind of lays off to hear the crowd clap a little bit oh yeah bit. The, like, the clapping another, the clapping is definitely a thing absolutely that's another element to the song that makes it very special absolutely so all right so uh this is where we transition in from jack to matt and you know mid 98 matt comes in and and really with the bridges like you know like we talked about they're 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 triumphant but they're very jammy and and jack isn't really taking the lead here it feels like it's more of a stone lead or sometimes maybe more of a jeff lead um but when matt comes in it's kind of like you're starting to follow matt in this because it really feels like the drums are the driving force in the bridge now Oh yeah, and, at least for the early '98. Yeah, and he brought back that that Dave A. just slamming that snare on the intro. It, you, this you know this was one I oh, I would have loved to have been there the first couple of times that they rehearsed it with Cameron because I'm sure they just looked at each other like, okay, yeah, we got something here. <clears throat> and yeah, that that U.S. tour '98, like yeah, it, they were still kind of playing in the middle of the set, but yeah, it was it, like you mentioned that that Mansfield version is is stellar and. And, it, and then, you know, Ed kind of, as you get into August of 98, he starts playing like the end of the uh, the bridge there with an Ebo, like put a little extra, extra something on the guitar. And that's just something extra that they were adding to the song is just try it out, you know, and I think that's something that they still do occasionally. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, that's a cool little added bonus when, you know, I, I don't think I've ever seen them do it live before. And if I had, then it's kind of blacked out of my memory because this is a song that I just kind of like I, I space out during and just completely feel every nerve of my body move inches. And the strobe light, uh, too, probably has an effect on it. Oh, Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's another like that's another big thing with this song. It, it like it kind of I, I always thought that the stage was set up kind of like a headlight that the, they don't usually set up lighting for for songs very specifically. But for blood, it, it goes red for something like uh, for nothing, man, you have, you know, the spotlight during into the sun. But this I always felt like it had kind of like a brown, orangey, like head headlight kind of vibe to it. Yeah, you know, they you know, I'm sure they they plan that stuff out and they you know you want to make it feel like like you're in a car maybe you know something sure. like that absolutely of course yeah yeah and it's just kind of a testament to how you know they're not settled with things that you know let, let's make things perfect let's make them feel a certain way uh when when they see this and and you know 
like like I said, they're not really a band that does you know stage effects and videos and and, and light, quote unquote, not a lighting light shows. Show. Right, exactly. Right, yeah. right. So a cool little thing like this is just kind of just a little bit of set decor for for what they're doing, which is which is always you know when subtle is best. That's all. That's what I'll always say on it. But this is around the time like they can play around with the bridge and they can you know play around with the song a little bit with with the intro and uh, you know Ed can sing it differently sometimes uh, like we heard on Soldier Field. I w- wanted to say that in that version. Some things you just kind of forget when you're talking about. But like when he's singing, I seem to look away like. You know, every now and again, you'll just get little different iterations of it, but nothing major changes with this song, and and that's that's not a bad thing at all. That's that's a fantastic thing that it's almost it, it, that it can be so predictable and still be so fantastic is kind of remarkable. Yeah, I think this this time period, it's about them becoming more comfortable with it and getting Cameron kind of up to speed on it. And it was still, they were still kind of breaking up the sets where you would have the here, you know, here's the three or four songs that Ed's going to play guitar. And then here's the three or four songs that he's just going to sing. And then he's going to put the guitar on again. So it was still kind of in that Ed guitar set, you know, before they had the, the 20 guitar techs that could run anything out there at any time. Um, but yeah, I mean this, this kind of this 98 to 2000, they were two, they, there's so many shows and they were, the strong was really starting to like open up and, and breathe a little bit. They were really starting to, to really do those jams. Like almost every version is, is six, you know, six plus minutes. And they were really kind of testing the limits of it to see where it could go. And it, you, you felt like it was just on the verge of, of exploding. I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Tampa 2000 version. That's one. They get a little bit of experimental in it. thousand where you know he was using effects on things like uh nothing as it seems and and immortality to just kind of gussy up the song a little bit um and he you know throw them in in, in rearview mirror bridges as well it, it, it works and you know you get some good effects you get a clapping rhythm and and you roll into the end of the song and, and uh again that's setting you up for 
uh, you know, an epic end of the show, essentially. So from here on out, what's the best way to kind of attack this? There is one song, there's one version that's 11 minutes long. This is from Buenos Aires in 2005. And John, kind of tee this up and kind of explain where we're going with this. Yeah, so, you know, we talked about, you know, in 92,000, we felt like, you know, we were just about to the top of the mountain. You know, like you're just at the top of the roller coaster and you feel like, that anticipation, like something's going on with the song. And yeah, the 2003-2004 tour, it really started to find its place. And they it really became one of the, you know, showstopper songs where it was it was ending the main set, ending an encore almost every night. You know, we talked about those 100 and, you know, however many versions that it that it's not half the versions have, have ended a main set or an encore. That's when this really started to to take place, and yeah, this this version in two thousand five. It's you know this South American tour, which we're about to get to. You know some of these some of these shows on the on the Around the World series. Very exciting. Oh my gosh, I, I've been been waiting for this the whole, all year. But yeah, like by two thousand five, the song had become it. You know, it it become one of the highlights of the show. Like that's the one you want to see, right? And so the South American tour. This is near the end of the of the tour. I think there there's only two or three shows left. And the show's been amazing. The crowds are amazing. The 50, 60, 70,000 people at some of these shows. And you know, we talk about sometimes where you get different, you know, they they'll kind of like work their influences into this these songs somehow. And we talked about, you know, sometimes uh, if it's like you mentioned that that Tampa 2000, if it gets a little spacier, like maybe that's a little bit of the Pink Floyd influence. If the song kind of meanders, the, the bridge kind of meanders a little bit, it gets a little psychedelic. Maybe that's more like a Grateful Dead, like we, you mentioned with Soldier Field. Like we talked about some triumphant versions where you know they're just they're letting those notes ring, and you can really you, it makes you just want to pump your fist. Like that's you know that's what the Who does. Like that's Ed's Who influence. And then there's some way, you know, they're just intense and they've they've got their heads down and they're just, it's all eighth notes, sixteenth notes, just here we go, here we go. And that's like, you know, that's what Fugazi does, like that really rhythmic, really intense kind of style. And then, you know, the, the we mentioned the Beatles sometimes where it's, it, the Beatles got a little psychedelic too, you know, some of that's in there, but like a little more melodic, a little more like, you know, we're, we're, we're going to take you on a little bit of a journey here, like, like that kind of late era Beatles. And this this version of Buenos Aires, like they just from the beginning, like the the crowd is immediately need to it, and it, it at about two two and a half minutes they they just go off and the song just goes all number of different places. So I I really want to play it and I really want want you guys to listen and see if you can pick out you know which influences they they were channeling on this one. It's it's fantastic. Like yeah, eleven minutes of the song. It's 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 pure joy.
bridge aside, this being like one of the most powerful, intense, and just completely going in, in so many different directions, this bridge, um, lest we forget that this South American crowd is singing the guitar notes. The right. whoa, 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 like that to me is just as impressive as the bridge. Like it's all, it's all encompassing, and it really is. Like you know, we could have spent the whole episode being like, okay, here's a Who version, here's a Beatles version, but like this really is an example where you get really everything. Yeah, and, and you know we'll. We've talked about it, you know, on so many episodes. We we've done so many shows from the from the late two thousands or the two thousand tens, where yeah, you know, this version of Rear Mirror is amazing, and and you know, everybody's got their version of that, right? If you if you went to a show in twenty thirteen, like oh, Rearview Mirror, like it's one of the best. If you went to a show in twenty sixteen, like yeah, of course, Rearview Mirror, like that that was the best one, right? If you went to a show in twenty eighteen, even like yeah, oh my God, Rearview Mirror, that was amazing. You know, even what 2010, like that, that MSG 2010. Like how many how many great things happened at that show? Rearview Mirror is one of them. It really is. And what I will say is just a testament to the song is when I've, I've put the question out there and I've done this multiple times because it, it's kind of like a survey almost and, and you want to get your a, a different hypothesis every time. So what I did, and I put it out on Facebook, I put it out on Twitter, and almost every time I put it out there, I would get if it, the only time I would get people answering the same answer would be SNL. That that's the only time people would say like that's the one. But any other time, I would get oh this one from 2006 is fantastic. Uh, go back to '98, and some people are just like Dave or nothing. Uh, some people say you know 2014. Matt kills it on 2014 like that, you know, and and it's just, it's incredible that we almost all can't agree on like a couple of set rear view mirror, you know, immortality was easier that way where you can say, yeah, yeah, like these five immortality really, really stuck out rear view mirror. You can almost literally say that with a hundred of them. And we got so many different responses. And and even if we didn't add them into our story here, uh, I know a lot of you guys uh, added your your thoughts into it. Like they were all considered because it, it, it's it's Im- Im- impossible not to take the full scope of them. So, you know, like that, that's, that's the true definition and meaning of, of this song. And, you know, what it means to people is that it can really come out of, of any show, even shows that you haven't really studied before. Oh yeah. And the thing is too, like none of them are wrong. Like they're all correct in that that way. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can't, can't argue with that at all. So really the last kind of point of, uh, of discussion here is um, there's a little part in the bridge that they started doing, I would say around 2006. 
And it's a little thing where Ed just kind of, you know, off the top of his head, it, it feels like it's improv a little bit, but it also goes along to what the lyrics are saying. And, you know, he's doing this thing. I will forgive, but I won't forget. And he keeps chanting it. It keeps chanting back and forth. And then this is kind of, this is tying a perfect bow on this, by the way. Voodoo Fest 2013, we covered this last year. Um, he, in the middle of it, is saying in the middle of a song that you can remember like Porch will do it sometimes uh, but almost never do something like that for Rear View Mirror and it feels like he was really at the grasp of the crowd in that version and tapping into something uh, completely just untamed yeah that and that that forgive forget little improv vocal section I think you almost compare it to like Alive where you know the fans like broke the curse of Alive right mm-hmm. I think that that vocal thing is him breaking the curse on this song and like I think that that goes and you get that a lot with the more triumphant versions right where that's that's him kind of you you almost feel like he's overcoming the past right like right mm-hmm. in front of you like he's he's working through it and and he's on the other side of it like that's and they'll do it in big places too like exactly. festival crowds yeah. stadium crowds yeah. yeah and sometimes he'll really let it play out and like he, that's another way he just gets the crowd immediately like it's immediately going it's it's right before that build up where they just tear the song apart at the end and yeah it's 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 just another moment like there's there's four five six seven moments in this in this song that have that have changed throughout the years sometimes they'll they, they'll throw in this one and this one or sometimes you'll get that one and this other one or sometimes you'll get all of them together and it's it's just you never know like uh, you know rearview mirror it's always it's always unique it's always you know you never know what they're gonna throw into it yeah and and that's kind of what makes the song so perfect and so highly anticipated i've never went to a show saying like you know sometimes i'll say like all right i gotta wait for porch i gotta wait for even flow like you just don't do that with rearview mirror you anticipate it and you hope for it and uh you know throughout all the rare stuff and the stuff you haven't seen before uh to get rearview mirror as a part of that like i feel like most of my top five song shows have rearview mirror included because it 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 always is a standout oh yeah how many how many times do we put it in our top three on these on these episodes Uh, yeah it's it's always a highlight absolutely consistently so uh while this was incredibly excruciating to go through a lot of different versions and figure out what we wanted to talk about we just evolved the song i hope so yeah let us know what let us know what you thought yeah and and um look 
we're going to do another evolution episode. Um, probably not very soon, but, uh, <laughs> cause these are just, if you don't get a song that is under a hundred plays or so, you, you really, you have to, you have to dig in. So yes, the next one is going to be a fan voted one. Cause I have an idea for this. Uh, the way we're going to vote for it is going to be Royal Rumble style people. We're going to have four up for vote at the same time. And then we'll look at the vote and the two with the least amount of votes will be eliminated. And then two, this will all be random. We'll all pick them at random and there'll be 30, 30 songs in total. So there will be two that are eliminated and two new ones will be added in to each poll each day. So we'll do it on Patreon. We'll do it on Twitter. So you can vote on either or, or both. Uh, and, uh, and that's, that's how we'll do it. So we'll try to do it every day. We'll start maybe like next week or so, or, or a week after just to give it some, some time. So, uh, uh, it should be fun. There's some that I'm hoping for is, is there one or two that, uh, that you would like to dig into next or, Oh man, after this, I'm open to anything. What we will do is, uh, we will continue to do our shows and, uh, we will just continue to give you, our uh, best on our knowledge of Pearl Jam and thank you for being involved with uh, this anniversary week as we uh, you know we, we hunkered down on on getting Kenny Maine for the show and, and Ben Arroyo Hall two pretty important episodes that we had this week and uh, and this as well this is an important show uh, to do to do for our uh, little series so as far as Patreon goes I'm sure we'll do a Devo somewhere in here I'm sure we'll do a set list draft I have three people for the next set list draft that want to do it. And I'm unsure if I'm going to hold out for September or not. So there might be one more spot left because I want to do the October one because I have an idea for the October one. But this September set list draft is going to be specifically a 1998 draft. So you have to take songs that were played either in 1998 before 1998. So no leash, no Weigo, no deep, no glorified G. Right. But you'll be able to, I I guess we won't put a limit on yield songs. Yeah. We'll have to, we'll have to to, to work on the rules a little bit and uh, fine tune it. Yeah. 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 But that's what we'll do. If you're interested in that, I think I have, I have Gabe, I have Matt Thompson and I have Sean Raskus as being a part of that. And we'll get to you guys, uh, as it comes with dates, uh, but we'd look for one more uh, for that one, and then we'll get you another Bridge School episode at the end of the month, too. And we're, we're going to have some special guests on on the show, uh, the regular platforms of the show uh, later in the month as well that you won't want to miss. So uh, keep listening in, keep, uh, keep on contributing, and uh, remember this month all contributions will go to runfreely.org, Kenny's organization that uh, you know gets funds uh, raised for building knee braces for uh, Army veterans that uh, are in severe uh, that have severe ligament damage. So just keep in mind if you if you want to uh, increase your Patreon donation for just the month of September, feel free to do so and then bring it down to wherever you were donating uh, on an original basis uh, just for the month. And, you know, we want to try to get as much uh, out to Kenny as we can. So uh, anything else? Yeah, I mean, Anything else to say? I, I wish they would have played it at Ben Arroyo. We never got an acoustic rearview mirror. That would have been cool to throw we didn't. into this. But no, but we, but we can end the show with the Frogs version. We sure could.
we sure could. So why don't we do that? And uh, yeah, we will. Uh, we'll see you the next time. It's time to evolve or devolve or not evolve at all. So thanks for tuning in. See you next time. Bye, everybody.